this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm in here in the booth with a real deal, Chirac Savage. <laughs> 16 go, shot him visuals in the building. How you feeling, man? Good, dude. Very, very good. I'm sorry I'm a little bit late here. We just got to get right up in there. I probably do need the headphones then, Slaka. Damn, no, you got a fly it. chain. What's that? Oh, you got the 16 shot him visuals chain. So, wow, that's lit. Good looking. Yeah, I got it from uh, Houston. You know, heard of Bankball Nick. No. Oh, yeah. I don't think the so. the same building as, like, Johnny Dang. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Damn, that's fly. Would you say that, like, when they talk about Kanye and how he, like, bought all these chains and shit before he bought a house, like, could could you say that? Like, you copped the chain before you did other things that, like, financially you should have? Or was it a wise decision? <laughs> no, I had a house before I had a chain. For like, real? Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I still feel like it... I ain't gonna say stupid, but I... I the reason I didn't get a chain at first is I thought it was stupid. Right. But, like, then I started thinking about, like, the other benefits of it, uh-huh. you know, like I start to learn, like people kind of like sheep, like <sighs> yeah. they, they just look at shit and they think like, oh, you got this, this mean you mm. leveled up or something. Yeah, I deal with that all the time. Like I fucking got X amount of dollars in the bank, but then I'll buy like a $400 pair of shoes and wear it. And like all the rappers will be like, oh, you going crazy. Yeah. And it's like, bro, these are like $200 more than like a normal pair of shoes. Like you really think the $200 <laughs> is hurting me? But yeah, I feel you. Definitely. So for the people who don't know, Sixteen Sean Visual is coming up out of Chicago. He's making moves. He's been doing documentation of the whole scene for how long now? Like three years. Right. Since like October, I think, 2018. Okay. So let, let's start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up. The Wild Hunters, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, I grew up on 130th. Like, the the area I'm from is mostly known for this neighborhood called Algale Gardens. It's a big, like, apartment complex. It's hella blocks type shit. Okay. It's one of the communities you don't really got to leave because everything in there. Right. My hood called CP. It's across the train tracks from them. Uh-huh. And it's another apartment complex, but it's smaller. So it's more so like we didn't grow up on blocks. It's like projects. So you as a little kid growing up, did you grow up knowing that <laughs> Chicago was this crazy place that had a reputation for insane violence and everything we've kind of come to know it for? No, not at all. Really? Because like, like my mama kind of sheltered me from a lot of a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff that was going on. Like my part of the city is different. Like the reason I'm even able to do interviews and stuff like this with most of the city like that, because where we from, we so tight knit. Like we we wasn't really getting involved in everything that they had going on. Like if you look at like the other neighborhoods, like where like Chief keeping them from, it's like they got so many enemies and so many friends too. If you were from O Block, a lot of these conversations yeah. and the fact that you can go around and talk to everybody, it would just be way too political. 
Yeah, like it's, mm. it's still kind of political because people that don't know me, they just see me work with one person and it might be their enemy. And since they don't know me and I didn't work with them, they think it's something personal. And right. I might just don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But okay, like growing up though, were you were you seeing a lot of crazy shit going on to, and, and were you kind of in the dark or like when did you sort of realize exactly what was going on on the streets? Yeah, like I seen crazy stuff in my neighborhood, but like the way the world looked at Chicago, I didn't think Chicago was a crazy city. I just thought like I'm in a hood. Right. And it didn't really seem bad at first. It was fun. Like everything was fun to me. Right. It didn't really get bad. So I got older because honestly, I wasn't trying to get in the streets. Like mm. that never was something I wanted. Because growing up, you know, some neighborhoods, they see people that sell drugs or getting money. Just something, you know, it make it look good. It wasn't like that for us. I ain't see nothing that made me think, oh, this cool. Mm. It was just a lot You of thought, people. like, if I'm a drug dealer, then I'm kind of a bum. Yeah. Mm. So that ain't what I wanted to do. Like, the stuff I got into, I feel like, I ain't gonna say I ain't had no choice, but I didn't even, that wasn't what I was trying to do. Like, it's just certain situations happening. Right. Like, say somebody do something to you and you just respond just as a man. So you did get into trouble when you were a younger kid? Or? Yeah, but, like, my, my first case, I call it, like, an armed robbery. I didn't do it. So, like, my first time as a, like, being charged as an adult in jail, I was facing 21 to 45 years. Mm -hmm. And I had just turned 21. Holy shit. So I'm like, damn, this. What were you doing with your life at that point? Were you, were you uh, doing anything entrepreneur-wise or you're just working? I, I was all over the place. Like, I really didn't want to go to school. My mom was telling me to go to school. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, but I did. I went to like community college. So I didn't want to take out no loan. Uh -huh. And I did that for like a year. And then I left. I ain't leave, but I took the summer off to like make some money because I don't want to be in school broke. Right. And in the midst of that, I caught the case. Like while I was on the clock working, somebody lied on me and said I robbed them. Really? Yeah. All they had to do was say that you robbed them and that was enough for them to lock you up? Yeah, that's that's when I learned about the legal system. Like all somebody got to do is say you did something and you in jail. And in jail, you got to prove if you're innocent. Really? Yeah. What's it like being locked up in jail in Chicago? Was it wild as fuck? Yeah, but it, it was more so like, it was just boring to me. Mm. Like that was really it. Like when I first got there, it wasn't boring though. It was everything new. It was like a learning experience. Because when we talk about the LA County Jail thing, it's like you have to show up, figure out what gang you're basically associated with. You might have to fight 10 dudes on your first couple days there and shit. Is it, is it that crazy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they do that. Like when I first, not when I first go in there, when you first get to your deck, when I get to my uh, deck, it was a dorm, so it wasn't sales. So it was a big room with 370 people just out in the open. Holy shit. No, and it's just bunk beds. So when I walk in there, it's probably like 2, 3 in the morning. All you hear is everybody say, on the new. And then mm. everybody get up and start walking towards you. Yo, what's your, where you from? What's this? What's that? I'm, I'm sleepy as hell. I ain't really trying to talk to them. I'm trying to go to my bed. Right. Hey, you one of the guys you listen? I'm, bro, I talk to y'all in the morning. Right. And they let you get away with just saying, like, no, we'll talk about it in the morning? Yeah, because it was, it was too many people. Like, it's, they, they can't keep track of everybody that's coming there. Like, every, mm -hmm. it ain't just me walking there by myself. Yeah, 370 but, people is insane. Yeah, but, like, they really <laughs> they really more so focus on who talking to them, who, like, yeah, I'm GD, yeah, I'm BD, yeah, I'm this, I'm one of the... So, like, while I was there, it wasn't really no... I ain't gonna lie, it was sweet to me. Like, I, the people that got in that game banging, I didn't even get why they got in that game banging, because it wasn't no deck where if you didn't claim no gang, you just gonna really get went on and get your shit taken, or you can not affiliate yourself relatively easily. Yeah, but it it just depends on where you at. Every division ain't like that. I was mm. division two, doing four, so it's a worker deck. Like you get to move around the jail a lot. You get to go to the kitchen, shit like that. So people don't really wanna 
fuck it up. And then most people that was on that deck didn't have cases like mine. Mm. Everybody else around me had a lot of petty shit. Like they was confused why I was even there. Right. I was confused why I was there because I'm talking to people and they facing one or three years and I'm facing 21 or 45. And so, But that ultimately you beat it because they didn't have any real evidence against you? I never beat it, but like what happened was, yeah, they, they really didn't have evidence. I could have beat it if I went to trial. I got two of my lawyer though. And I ain't trust them at that point. And they they had offered me, what was it? The first offer was six to 30. And they had lowered the charges and I'm like, nah. Right. And then I think it was three to seven after that. And I'm still like, nah, I ain't do this shit. I don't want nothing. Right. But long story short, after a few years of fighting it, I went to a 4-2 conference. That's basically like your lawyer and the judge and the state's attorney all meet in the room without you. And your lawyers say, like, if my client was to say he's guilty, not saying I'm guilty, but if I say I was guilty, what, you know, what would y'all work out for me? And they offered probation, and he came back to him, like, would I be a felon? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't want that. Mm. And then he was like, well, you could work out something called uh, task probation, because people who got drug problems, they lenient towards. And I'm like, I don't got a drug problem, though. He was like, are you trying to go to jail or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, so what I got to say is, like, I can't tell you what to say, but I'm just telling you, you know, yeah. this, your options or whatever. So I talked to the lady in the probation, and uh, she kept asking me questions, and it was crazy. She came to a conclusion, like, you're not a fucking drug addict. Right. But I told her, like, my situation, and she just told me, like, you got to say yes to some of this shit, like, so I could have something to work with. And they gave me the easiest drug class. Like, everybody else, they was in there four days a week for, like, a few months. I Jesus. came four times, right? And they let me go. Was it kind of weird, like being around all these people who actually have drug problems? Yeah, it was. It was. It just showed me like my life wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. Hearing everybody's stories. Yeah, when you actually see the way that people who are like strung out on meth and shit live, it's yeah. yeah. Anything seems better than that, huh? Yeah, for sure. So, okay, when did it actually hit you that you wanted to start doing stuff on YouTube or anything? Like, was being a filmer or, or making content, was that a goal for a long time? Or? Nah, it was, like, at that moment, I was doing a lot of different things, like legal and illegal, just I was trying to find a way in life. Mm. So I was just doing a lot of different things. I was rapping. That's really why I bought a camera. I was rapping, and all the cameramen was charging so much money. And instead of getting mad at them and saying, like, oh, y'all taxing, I bought a camera and I never used it at first, but while I was out on bond fighting that case, when I demanded trial, they stopped fucking with me and they stopped going to my social media because there was mm. no evidence. So with it not being evidence, they applying pressure to make me cop out. They go on my social media and find like uh, video, pictures of guns, drugs, and liquor. And those was all three things that I signed on my bond to say I wouldn't do or be around. Mm. So when I came to court, they had pictures of screenshots and videos of this they locked me back up and then I bonded back out but it was on house arrest so while I was on house arrest for a year I had no movement like I couldn't go to school church work nothing just court wow but year straight only place I'm going is court so I had time to sit in front of the computer and learn how to edit mm. but if it wasn't for that I wouldn't have never did this shit because I ain't had the patience it wasn't my passion right did you start looking at anybody who was making content like were you looking at a vlad or academics or whoever and starting to think like oh i see that they have a, a hustle going on online nah, here. no the interviews i wasn't even doing interviews i was just trying to be a rapper right 
Like, did, did you feel like when you look back at it, did you have potential as a rapper, or what are your thoughts on your yeah, yeah. skills? People still want me to. I just don't want to, cause I, with me being around rappers now, I know everything I would have looked like, mm. and then it it's come with a lot more shit too. Yeah. And my goal when they get deeper in the streets, I've been trying to separate myself from that shit. Right. Like because it's so easy out there to yeah. get get a little too associated with one thing, right? Yeah. But like when I did my first interview. It was, cause the dude, the guy from my city that was known for doing it was Zach TV. Right, rest in peace. Yeah, RP Zach. And a lot of people be thinking like, uh, you know, I looked up to him and he inspired me, but I can't really say that because I never seen myself doing this. Like, I literally just hit up one of my homies, Taste 600, and uh, told him like, hey, let's do an interview. Mm. You know, Zach had passed, wasn't nobody doing nothing. And I thought like, I know he got clout, so I'm thinking like, all right, we're gonna get like 10,000 views or something. And to me, I would have been happy. Right. And I think it was 10,000 in like a couple hours. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm, t- I'm talking to him. He's like, yeah, bro, this what my interviews do this regular. Right. And I'm thinking like, All right, I just got one viral moment. Yeah, there's certain people that forever, if you interview them, the, the, and not even like super famous people, because like Tay 600, you know, he's more of like a Chicago legend, a street legend, et cetera. But consistently, like every time I see an interview with him, it's like the same with, with Crip Mac out here, where yeah. anybody who can get him on camera, they're going to do some numbers. <laughs> oh, you want to connect with him? He'd be charging people for interviews, though. So I never paid for an interview, but I think he'll be worth it. He's um, such a, a clout lick. Like, he just automatically gets you so many views that I can see why he charges people because he got yeah. so many people hitting him up. For sure. It's like you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, for sure. But uh, okay, so. You, you start editing and stuff, you do that one interview, and then are you just like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna keep the ball rolling here? Yeah, cause I, I literally woke up with fans overnight. I wow. was like, people talking about, you go crazy, bro, I love this, and I'm like, I got one interview out. Right. So I knew I had something, so I just, I wasn't really making money cause my channel wasn't monetized, but that one interview got it monetized quick. Uh, but like. That helped you hit the subscriber and view time yeah. limit that you need to hit? Yeah, cause I, from rapping I had, like I had the subscribers, it was just the watch time. Right. So I think my third interview was like King Von. Right. So Classic. With, yeah. So with me having all them interviews, big interviews like back to back to back, mm. I knew I had some. Like even before the money, I, I knew something was going to come from it. Right. What did you know about King Von going into that? Because you like start the interview off by saying you're a <laughs> legendary savage out here or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, that's not saying anything super specific. That could technically mean anything. So it's like, because the weird thing about King Vaughn is like, I interviewed him, but really did not know anything about how deep his street shit goes. And then after he passed, I just seen YouTuber after YouTuber <laughs> making videos, showing his old tweets, showing shit that the cops think about what he was getting into. Like, how much did you know going into that interview? Uh... You know, you know the website Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, they were already were threads about him and shit yeah. even back then. Yeah, like King Von. When I first did the Tate interview, right. Von and Wooski was the two names. They they just flooded me with Duvon, Duvski, Duvski, Duvon. Like, and I don't know if Von was rapping or what. No, I think Von was rapping. He had just started, I think, yeah. or just beat that three and a half year bid that he did. Yeah, like, but I was I was hearing about Von way before that. Like, even when I started talking about doing the interview, interviews, people was telling me do it. And I'm like, I don't really see him doing nothing like I, I know the reputation but like what can we talk about for real right because the shit that y'all talking about i can't talk about with him mm-hmm. so i wasn't really on it for real but once i seen he was dropping music i'm like all right fucking i got something to talk about we got a reason we got something to promote and we did it i ain't really know no no details i still don't know the details i just know what everybody else 
You know, like everybody say he live his raps. Right. It's just crazy that he was already really legendary before his music had even made a dent. Hell yeah. It's a couple people like that though. Mm, like definitely. those those really the interviews that do well. Mm. Like you don't gotta be a rapper. You the just, people that are the streets are fascinated by it. That's how you know that like that that audience is just huge for street shit. Because yeah. you don't have to be a popular rapper for people to really want to know what you're talking about. So that's why it's like being in Chicago, like a gift and a curse. Like mm -hmm. you could take a fucked up situation, like take lemons, and make lemonade. Like yeah, you're around a lot of fucked up shit, but like people love this. Mm. So give it to them. The craziest thing too, because it's like in the Vaughn interview, knowing so much about him now, when you actually look back at the interview, there's a bunch of stuff that just seems kind of funny. Like when when you ask, like, tell me a crazy story, and <laughs> yeah. him and his boy start talking about throwing rocks at a car one time. <laughs> And I'm just like, you guys are funny as fuck. Like, as if that is even close to the craziest <laughs> shit that y'all been involved with. Yeah. It's so crazy because his biggest song ended up being, well, I don't know if it's his biggest song, but one of his biggest songs ended up being Crazy Story. That actually yeah. is weird, yeah. And I was like, damn, I seen that shit like down the line. Damn, I wonder if that sort of embedded itself in his brain and he was like, oh, I'm going to make a song called that. I don't know. I can't take credit for that, though, but that'd be crazy. So when you became a fan of Zach, though, had he already passed? No, I've been a fan you, of You know Zach. of him before that, okay. Yeah. When I, I just say he didn't inspire me because I wasn't trying to do it. Mm. Like, by the time I was trying to do it, he had already passed. Right. So, like, I ain't gonna lie, like, people like you, Say Cheese, Zach, I mean, uh, Vlad, like, right. that's what inspired me. Zach more so gave me the blueprint because right. if I never seen Zach doing this in my city and seeing him work with both sides, I would have never did it. Right. Cause growing up, that just wasn't no shit you just do. Like you don't go over here and go over there. But I seen him do it, keep it just business, and it was a good dude, you know, stand up dude. So I'm like, shit, that's really me. I could, I could do the same thing. Right. And I just followed that. Like I seen it work for him. That's so, what's dope. It's dope seeing people who are like really from the communities that they're documenting. You know, because it's yeah. like I kind of had to. I was like someone who knew a lot about the internet who moved to LA and then just sort of found myself doing this but you from really being out there I noticed like when I'm watching you interview uh, Nuke on, on the channel like the most recent interview that you, you put up you're really asking him some questions about like his you know politics and everything that I feel like a, it's so obvious that you know what you're talking about and B, they probably wouldn't really be dying to answer those questions for somebody who wasn't really from their city yeah, cause I don't know it, it sometimes it feel weird mm. Like somebody just out of the blue that's not from there just asks you some shit and you be like, what you know about this? Right. Because there's only, like, I mean, you're always dealing with that. You're talking to some of the people who have the craziest stories, the craziest life ever. But meanwhile, it would be an absurd idea for them to tell you everything that they've been through. And they got to sort of pick and choose what they want to share with the world, you know? Yeah. Then I kind of know what to ask, too. So I don't really try to make people feel uncomfortable. Like, mm. I know what I want. I know what I would answer in the interview, so I don't really. Oh, I ain't gonna say I don't ask nobody something I wouldn't answer, but I try not to ask nothing that'll get nobody in trouble or incriminated. Mm. Yeah, it is weird because sometimes I'll be interviewing somebody and I'll just like ask them the craziest <laughs> fucking shit because I just know they're not gonna answer it. So to me, it's almost <laughs> like a troll. Like I know you're gonna laugh when I say this because obviously you're not gonna answer it. I'll but be then, seeing your face when you do it sometimes. Yeah. But then the fans yeah. sometimes will be pissed because they'll be like, he asked the most federally shit ever right <laughs> there. And I'm just like, bro, I knew he wasn't going to answer. It was a fucking joke. Yeah, I don't understand why they get mad because they get mad at the same shit they love. Mm. Like, the interviews that get the most views, I be seeing a lot of crazy comments like, you did this, you did that. And the interviews that had the most positive comments had the least amount of views. Right. And it's like, 
they they condemn you for the shit that they want to watch. Yeah. Like, and I, it's a vocal yeah. minority, too, because you'll do an interview that gets a million views and there'll be like, you know, 500 comments talking shit. And you just forget that that is a ridiculously small percentage of the people who enjoyed this overall, you know? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. What, what you uploaded some some different types of shit back when you first started, though, right? Like, did you like realize that you could just make money off random pieces of content because you uploaded some like six nine shit back in the day that ended up going viral for you? Oh yeah, I uh, I was on. I don't know. I just you know how like the YouTube algorithm shit pop up. A video popped up that said something like make this amount of money per month, just re-uploading videos. And they was talking about like certain licenses and shit and mm. certain shit you could re-upload. And I was trying to figure out what I could do to do that. And I knew how viral 69 was. So when I posted it, I seen what it did. I'm like, damn, this the biggest shit I ever posted. So <laughs> right. every time something popped up with them, I just found it. Like it was a Twitter page I was following. And it probably had like 20, 30 followers or something. But it was just posting everything about them early first. And Oh, I see other videos of people that's posting it, and it's like 200 views. Right. I'm like, they don't got no platform. They putting it out, and there's no else. So I repost it. Even though I didn't have like the biggest platform, I I, I noticed like if you post something first, you kind of get the biggest reaction. Mm. Like everybody else kind of get like the crumbs, I guess. Right. Who do you? Cause who, how do you think of your standard for covering an artist though? Because obviously a lot of the artists from Chicago, it's just a no brainer to you. But with Six Nine, it's like. You know, he's basically somebody who doesn't have any respect from all the other people that you're doing content with. Was it weird to even put him on your channel? Do you feel some type of way about that? Or that was early yeah. on too, because you you maybe wouldn't do that now. No, I still post that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, like it's that it wasn't weird because it's like it ain't like I'm dealing with him. I don't know him. Right. It's like I don't care what nobody say. This is making me money. Mm. Like you you think I'm about to stop myself from getting a few thousand dollars off of just downloading a video that took 30 seconds to download and probably another two minutes to upload. Like, mm. that, that was the easiest one in my life. It probably took me like less than four minutes to do that shit. Right. Hey, you got to respect it, especially if you're used to doing illegal shit. I mean, <laughs> people do crazy shit to make like $2,000. Yeah, like, once I, I, I'm glad I found this shit because like, this is the most money I made and it's the easiest, I ain't gonna say the easiest, but down there the easiest money I made. Like, right. I don't gotta break no laws, I don't gotta do nothing wrong no more. It's huh. just, and 100%. it's like I'm helping myself and helping other people at the same time, so it's a win Was it easy for you to get into the flow of doing the actual interviews? Were you doing like a lot of research, you writing out questions, how much of it is just off the top of your dome? Uh, not much, mm. but now, it's, it's a mixture. Like, I never come to an interview with no questions. I probably could, but like I just I don't know. I wasn't confident. Because I seen you it. getting more confident because when I watched the Vaughn one, you're kind of like reading questions that you had yeah. written out, and when I watch you now, it's more natural. Which is a lot of times when I watch people interview, that's a transition they kind of go through. Where for me now, like I would never ask a question exactly the way I I don't even write out the question. I'll just write like a little note. King Vaughn, did you know he was <laughs> certified? You know, like I know I'm not gonna ask the question just like that, but I got it just as a note. You know. I'm trying to get to that point. It really depends on who I'm working with, though. Like some, because mm. it's like some people, they be so dry. It's, it's mm. like I gotta write a lot of shit because if I'm trying to go off the top and I ask you a question, I only got time to prepare for another one because you gave me a two-word answer. Yeah. So like That's I always over prepare just in case. But if they know how to talk, then it's easy. Have you had that experience where you go to interview somebody whose name is really ringing in the streets? Everybody wants to hear from them, and you finally get them sat down, and they're just facing a blunt and just not <laughs> trying to say shit, giving you yeah. the one-word answers. 
Yeah, man. I did an interview with Lil Mo. You know, he's hot as fuck at the time. And uh, we did two interviews. The first one was cool. The second one, it was only like 12 minutes. I never dropped it. I mm. would just put it out for like the platinum members on my channel. Okay. Because it was like, I feel like it just, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't really saying much. Mm. He wasn't comfortable. And then some of the topics we touched on it, he wasn't really ready to talk about yet. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever get the, the feeling of like, you'll have someone do one interview and it's amazing and then they'll have another interview and it's terrible. And it's like clearly, usually because of drugs, there's like, yeah, they, they're just a different version of themselves at times. Like if it's, it's I've seen like, I'm not even going to name rappers. I've seen rappers do interviews where I'm 100% sure they're on Perk or Molly <laughs> or some shit. And it's an amazing interview. And I've seen another interview where it's like either they're sober, coming down off all the shit they did before, or they're drinking lean or whatever, and they're just lifeless. Yeah, I hate that shit. Like, I didn't have people fall asleep in the interview before, but it was like 4 in the morning too, so yeah. I give them a little leeway. But yeah, I didn't have people fall asleep during interviews. People mm. just had no energy. And it'd be dry, like right. Be hard to work with. Cause at first you were just pulling up to people's cribs and doing it right, but now you got yeah. your own space. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, shout out my space, HQ Chicago. We got right. a production studio in the uh, in the city. When'd you get that? You said when? Yeah. Like a year ago. Okay. And was that a, a big step? Because now all of a sudden you got like your own official platform. Cause I know it probably felt sketchy, like pulling up to random apartments to interview people and shit. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, it felt kind of sketchy, but. It, it wasn't that bad. The video shoots was, because I, I shoot videos too. That was the part that was I ain't like, because mm. that's police raiding the shoots, yeah. shootouts, all type of You're shit. Out in public, everybody, yeah, I mean, I somebody caught, could just drive by and do some crazy I shit. I caught two gun cases just shooting music videos. You did? Yeah. From a gun being on you or because the artist had them and you got thrown uh, in it? One situation, I beat the case, Just I just beat it. It was, my gun was on me. The other situation, I don't want to name them, but Somebody basically let me go down for their gun and while I was in jail for their gun. This is not even my friend. This is somebody I'm working with. So I don't, we don't got no loyalty to, to, towards each other. But I ain't say shit because that is just not me type shit. Right. So it would have been my car. they going to automatically put it on me and he know that. So while I'm in jail for his gun, he go in my car because his property in my car too. He go in my car and steal my camera. And I thought that was just the stupidest shit you could do because it's like, I'm in jail for your case right now. You yeah. don't even know me for real. You don't know that I'm not the type of person that don't say people's names. You don't know that. So you really just... You're really pushing it. Yeah, like... You're tempting if, me if, here. Yeah, if it was the other way around, I would be kissing your ass. I'd be like, you need a lawyer? You need bond? What you need? Like, right. I'm right to you. You good, bro? Like, come on. Are we gonna, You know, but you stole from y'all. I just was thinking, like, is he stupid? But That's unreal. But I found out Mimo told him to do this shit. Told him to do it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, I still, to this day, don't get why. Like, goofy shit. Wow. And so, is that weird for you, though? Because you have one person that presumably you would have wanted to do content with, and now all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, like, like part of you probably wants to lash out, and part of you probably wants to just hold it in because you want to try to stay professional? Nah. Uh, <laughs> I ain't really, I ain't, I ain't lash out publicly. Right. Cause I honestly didn't know Mimo told him to take it till just recently, uh -huh. like literally like probably a month or two months ago type shit. Wow. And this happened a couple of years ago. Right. I was confused why he took it. Like I didn't even know he had took it for a while. When I came home to to get my car, and my shit wasn't in the car, that's when I hit him like, yo, where my shit at? And he wasn't responding. I look on the story, and he put on the story, took a nigga for his camera or something, and I'm. Like, 
I'm like, well, you said like you took it from me. You ain't take shit from me. Yo, I was tripping. I was in jail. Right. But yeah, Mimo, I guess he had an issue with me because right after I did an interview with him, we had a decent relationship. We wasn't friends, but we was cool. Mm. Right after we did the interview, some people from a neighborhood called The Jungle hit me up. And they, I don't know if he had that song exposing me out or what, because mm. they was trying to expose him. And they like, he not from 600, he from the jungle. Uh, his brother, Lil Steve, he was like that, but he not like that, he a bitch, he a goofy. Just all type of crazy shit. So they took guns from him, made him lead the blocks, and he ran the 600, all type of shit. So with me hearing all this, and me knowing we just had a decent relationship, I'm not really too thirsty to want to put that out. Mm. So I asked him, like, and it's early in my career, so I'm a little more lenient with who I work with. So I asked him, like, do y'all, do you rap? He like, no, nah, I'm just in the streets. I'm like, do you got homies that rap? Like, do you got something that I could work with? He like, yeah, my homie don't do. So I told him, like, we could do an interview, but the focus of the interview is not going to be just to expose him. Like, I'll give you a real interview, talk about y'all life story, like, try to do something with it. Because right. just exposing somebody don't get you nothing but clout. Like, bring something that they could watch. Like, once you get this clout, what you, you know? But it's like, that shit is kind of like a drug. Like yeah. interviewing the ops or interviewing the sort of irrelevant rappers who are hating on the people who are a bigger name or whatever. Like I remember when Pooh Shiesty was like first going crazy that I had like a, somebody hit me up basically wanted me to interview his ops that he had this whole crazy ass situation that we don't need to get into with and everything. And it was weird because it's like, bro, I know I could get a million plus views right now interviewing Pooh Shiesty's ops. And I actually asked him, I asked Pusheshi, I'm like, how do you feel about me interviewing this dude? And he was not positive <laughs> about it. He said, I'm gonna pull up on you next time in LA, then obviously he gets locked <laughs> up. But you know, it's, it's the same thing with interviewing like baby mamas. There's yeah. probably a hundred baby mamas in Chicago that you can interview that will go crazy talking shit about these rappers and stuff. But then ultimately, what does that do to your image, you know? Yeah. Then I've, uh, well, I've been new, like a lot of this shit be relationship based too. You know, your relationships go far, mm. but like, my morals kind of make that not matter sometimes. Because, mm. like, if that was the case, I would have only worked the OTF because that was the hot, hottest group in the city. And right. That was one of my first interviews, the third interview, King Von. So I was in a good position. Mm. But you could be like the official OTF cameraman and not fuck with the other side yeah, at all. But I ain't feel right doing that because none of them did nothing to me. That'd be me picking a side, getting into a beef I got nothing to do with. So I knew once I started working with everybody, some people not gonna like that, and some people probably gonna like fuck with me, but not fuck with me, fuck with me. You know, right. keep me at a distance type shit. But I was cool with that because I never was looking for friends. Right. I just wanted to work with everybody, do business. Yeah, so. definitely. That's a tough decision though, because I mean, you know, th there's always that opportunity for you to sort of take sides a little bit too much. And and but I agree with you, like saying that it's your morals. Like that's kind of how I felt in the past. Like I've interviewed certain rappers that don't get along with other rappers, even just on the Chicago tip. But I always was like, you know what, like, if Lil Durk ain't gonna ever do an interview with me again because I interviewed somebody that he don't get along with, then me and Lil Durk, I don't need to have a relationship with him. Like, he should respect me as a journalist. And not that we even had a conversation after the fact or anything, but, you know, like, if, if you respect what I'm doing with my platform, you should know it ain't all about you, right? Yeah, I just stopped giving a fuck, I ain't gonna lie. Mm. Like, I learned, like, it's too many people in the world to be focusing on one group of people. like. If you choose to work with me, cool. I want to, I fuck with it, but like, I'm not gonna be doing shit that's against my morals to mm. to fuck with somebody, cause then I'm gonna be uncomfortable with myself. Like, I'm gonna feel like I just sold my soul type shit. Right, yeah, like ultimately, your long-term respect will depend on like, 
standing on your shit and just yeah. saying, this is what I do. I speak to everybody. It's all good, right? Yeah, and then I don't want to be too tied in or connected to nobody because mm-hmm. say if I was that they group or whatever, they cameraman, whatever happened to them, if they ever fall off or whatever, I'm gone with them because mm-hmm. this was the only reason I'm hot. Right. But like, I got the whole city is different. Like, it's a, I feel like the platform bigger because now I don't just got y'all fans. Got your fans, your fans, your fans, your fans, my own fans now. And it's. But okay, are there certain things that you did in the past that you wouldn't do now? Like, for instance, I'm looking at your channel. I see one of your most popular videos, like a three year old video with a rapper talking about basically like shooting Polo G and shit. It says Polo G diss right in the title. Yeah. That, when I saw that, I'm like, ooh, I wonder if he would still do that right yeah, now. I ain't gonna lie, like, that video, it's like bittersweet because it's the biggest music video I got, but it definitely, me and Polo G had an interview set up and he never came because of that. Mm. And I was confused at first, but like, I think the issue wasn't just me shooting a video, it was more so like the way it was edited. Mm. Like, honestly, I didn't think the song was gonna do that. I didn't know what was going on. Somebody. Like once I announced me and Polo had an interview, his ops had hit me to uh, book a video. And I, I ain't gonna lie, I knew I was shooting a Polo G diss song, but I ain't know it was like that. I thought he was just gonna, oh, he a bitch, this and that. Right. I ain't know it was gonna be dissing all his dead friends and mm. shit. So like once I pull up and I see that, they they even tell me like, you don't gotta drop this on your channel. We gonna drop it on Pappy Game page. Right. I'm like, right, cool, y'all could do that. And this how I knew the video was gonna go viral. Before I left the shoot, I was getting DMs from fans like, drop the video, when it's dropping, when it's dropping. And then one of the ops DM me, it was like, don't drop that video, it's gonna put you in a war. We fucking up cameraman and all. And like- How'd you feel when you read that? It pissed me off and I dropped it the next day. <laughs> That's why the video really not a good quality for real because it's like, if you come to me aggressive, I'll really, I'm gonna get aggressive with you. Right. Like, it was, and, my, I didn't even want to drop it on bro. Like, but you come to me aggressive, it's like now you pulling my card. It's like, what you think you gonna force me to not drop it? So I dropped it. Right. But I wasn't thinking about all the other people I'm pissed off. It was just him. Like, you got me fucked up. You nothing to tell me this shit. Right. And uh, it's crazy. I ran into dude probably like two years later and didn't even know it was him. Really? Yeah. He uh, apologized and shook my hand. He had. He really could have did something to me. Right. Well, I ain't gonna say he could have did something to me because I was prepared just because this is a dude I don't know. Mm. But like, with me not knowing, I wasn't thinking it was him. He could have just instantly did whatever. Right. But he just apologized, said he's in his feelings because he had just lost some friends and that shit came out. And and that Polo G interview obviously was like before he really blew up. Yeah, like it's crazy. It was it was to the point Polo hit me first. Mm. So it was like he hit me like you do videos. I'm like yeah. He's like I thought you did interviews. And I'm like I do both. Mm. And we set a date, time, everything. And then I think he ended up doing it with like the Zach TV page. Zach wasn't around, but who was on his page. Right. Pulled up. It's a weird decision though, because it's like, yes, obviously like getting a Polo G interview is very valuable for your channel. Like even at that time, you probably could tell he was buzzing and shit, but are you gonna walk around on eggshells your whole life and not fuck yeah, with people, et cetera, just to make one dude who's really popular happy, you know? Nah, see, I ain't even mad at Polo G for not doing it though. Cause like, my issue, if you don't fuck with me, you don't you're not obligated to. I'm mm. not I'm I'm not entitled to shit. So that's cool. Just don't like one the reason I don't got no issue with Polo is cause he never blocked nothing from me. He mm. never blocked no blessings. He never well from what I never heard, it never got back to me, told somebody don't fuck with me. Cause that's easy to do yeah, too. Yeah. But other people have. Really? So it's like other people have and I ain't did nothing to him. 
just right. interview with they ops type shit. And they did that shit. So it's like, I don't got no issue with them for not fucking me. And right. I understand that like in the video, when the artists is saying the people names, it's clips, like news clips of them people like. Yeah, that's aggressive. Yeah, but that wasn't me though. <laughs> oh, like, they edited it? No, I edited it oh. once I showed them to him. He sent it to me and he gave me timestamps like put this there, put this there. Mm. And with me getting paid for a job, I just did it. But now that video made me really don't shoot this videos no more because really? it ain't really do much for me and it wasn't monetized because mm. I didn't know like when they flag I didn't know about the uh you know how you could what's it called like not appeal but like the copyright strike shit like they claimed it because was it an original beat no nah, it was they flagged it for not being suitable for ads oh, yeah. and with me seeing what they're talking about all the guns I just never thought that if I you know say it is suitable they gonna make it go through so I think at like 600,000 views I did it and then they cleared it, but all the money from the video, <laughs> right. there, you know, I ain't really get much from it. Wow, that's and crazy. I didn't make $800 from that video. So how, how do you think about how you move around and your safety and everything like that? Because obviously so many people from Chicago got killed over the years. It's almost like unreal how many people that were associated with these rap crews in like 2011, 2012 are gone now. How do you think about your own personal safety? Are you tempted in any way to move out of there? Yeah, I've been looking for uh, cribs out here, huh. type shit, but not not for that, more so, cause I'm just trying to expand more. Like, I'm trying to capture different crowds, like different areas, not just here though, other cities. Like, my goal really to have a couple cribs in a couple different places. Right. Or just have teams in different places to where I can get it set up and work around the world. But yeah, I, I kind of get tired of the, the Chicago shit, like tired of watching over my shoulder, mm. tired of feeling like any day when I leave the crib, something could happen type shit. But I ain't gonna lie, I don't got it as bad as a lot of people y'all see. Like, like, like how I say, my hood wasn't one of those hoods that just was clicked up with a lot of different people and got a lot of different enemies. Like, I know the people that to what to look out for right. type shit. It's different now though, cause with the fame type shit, it's people I don't know now that got issues with me, cause. Mm. There's so many people watching, and everything you say is then gonna make somebody happy and offend somebody else. Right. Like one thing I kind of learned over the years is like if I want to be a prolific interviewer and have conversations with people on both sides of the aisle and talk to all kinds of different people, that keeping my controversial opinions about people's business to a minimum is a lot of times to my advantage. Like if yeah. all I did was interview people and I never just like stated my opinion on shit, it would probably be so much easier to get interviews and shit like that. Like how, how do you think about that? Because I, I bet you don't say a lot of the opinions you might have about different artists and shit that's going on just cause you want to keep your name clean, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Cause I don't, I ain't in this shit to beef and argue with people. I'm trying to make money. So if it don't make money, it don't make sense to me. But yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like I learned how to like keep a poker face with this shit. Cause people <laughs> say some crazy shit and it'd be disrespectful, but you could find comedy in a lot of shit. So it'd be shit that'd be funny, but it'd be disrespectful. So I can't laugh because mm. I got a mic on people here. They hear me laughing. Oh, he think this shit funny. Yes. But it'd it be funny, but it'd be like, you can't laugh at this, man. Yeah. So like I learned to like just not show no emotions through shit. Do you it ever be, have people sneak this in in your interviews and then you don't even realize it? as they're doing it and then you kind of realize afterwards like oh fuck he was dissing the ops without even really saying something that i was gonna pick up on yeah all the time a lot of times i catch it but these rappers are smart these days man 
No, I don't think they're too smart. <laughs> well, some of them, with the, they're smart with the dissing and the, the clever bullshit. I'm not even going to name the instance of it, but like I had a rapper who actually passed away who I was real cool with on here, and he was saying some random shit. I had no fucking clue what he was talking about. And then after I find out that it was a crazy diss on his ops, and I'm just like, holy fuck, you really had me just sitting here asking, like, what? Huh? Hmm? Like, I don't know. That's like next level, like information warfare right there. I'll be catching a lot of shit. Cause a lot of shit be Chicago shit, and we be already mm. know what's going on. Right. But sometimes I won't. I won't catch it. Mm. It'd be the fans that'll catch it. It is. It's a weird decision for you because on one hand you're like especially suited to do content with these dudes, and you know so much about it and everything. But then at the same time, it's like if you make that your whole thing, it's like I just interview every hot Chicago street rapper. Then you kind of feel like fuck, like. If my whole career depends on this, this might not be yeah. a good thing. Yeah, like that's that never was my vision. Mm. Like my dream for this shit wasn't what it is. Mm. That's just what people like. So it was like that's what I started giving them. Like my vision was just to get a city a platform. Right. It wasn't in a world. It was just a city. I just want to get a city a platform. If you dance, model, whatever you did, if you just did something in life and you had a following or you was trying to build a following, took a series. I was just trying to help promote the shit. Right. Yeah. But it is weird, though, because you start like I was the same way. I started out. I wanted to interview, you know, people with clothing lines and comedians and YouTubers and porn stars, everything. I didn't really even think I was doing like a specifically rap podcast. But then I kind of realized real quick, like, oh, fuck, like everybody wants me to just do these rap interviews because I was kind of in tune with a certain lane that wasn't really being documented. So and, and then once you have, you know, if you have 50,000 subscribers or 100,000 subscribers that all want one thing from you, yeah. then it kind of becomes like shit. Like, am I really going to go do this other interview that I want to do, but that none of my fans fucking care about? And, and probably I'm not going to make any money off it. It becomes kind of a weird decision. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with now. Like when it kind of like expanding it or doing more shit. Cause like even coming out here doing interviews, I got a feeling the interviews out here not gonna do what they mm. gonna do in Chicago. Even when I work with bigger artists because either my fan base don't know them. Cause I ain't gonna lie, like we be kind of locked in in Chicago shit. Like we don't be knowing what be going on a lot of the times with other cities unless they made it like real big. Right. Type shit. Like, would you consider yourself a real fan of the music coming out of Chicago for the most part? Like, is that, are you driving around listening to a lot of the same artists that you're interviewing and shit? Uh, yeah. Not, not everybody I interview. I ain't a fan of everybody I interview. But right. I a listen. lot of people's music is trash, but they're incredibly interesting. Most, yeah, most of my music is un, that I listen to underground. Like, I don't even got Apple Music on my phone. I never had it. Wow, really? Just straight yeah. SoundCloud? Not even that, just like YouTube. YouTube yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I, really I was like that for music. a long time, and then I got Apple Music, and now I'm a fucking poser who just listens to Apple Music like way too yeah. much. Like, I it's I don't even want to say this. I was about to say I ain't never even heard. <laughs> I ain't gonna say that. some bigger rappers <laughs> yeah. like you actually haven't really even heard. I like, can say that about some nah, big like, rappers too. Yeah, it's a couple people albums I never even heard, like the Jay Z Blueprint album. <laughs> I never heard that shit. I mean, you're young. whatever Drake last album is, I don't even know the name of it. Right. Like, How old are you? Twenty-seven. I mean, shit, you're into what you're into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I don't like I don't think Drake weak enough. It's just I like what I like, Tyson. Mm. And also it becomes a thing where like I have a a new crop of rappers and shit to interview every week. So it's like how much time am I really getting to spend listening to yeah. yes, granted, Drake's one of the best rappers, but for what I'm doing business wise, I gotta listen to a whole shitload of other rap all the time. So I don't necessarily have a ton of time to sit back and just listen to like realistically one of the best artists out right now but it's like 
I just got so much other shit that I gotta be on top of that it can be kind of hard that's to just. Yeah. I don't listen to as much music for pleasure anymore, to be honest. Yeah, that's probably the reason too, because it's like maybe if I was working with people like Drake and shit like that, then I'd be listening to them because it'll make more sense. But like, right, it ain't really making me no money. Yeah, like if you're if you're like Drake's homie, then you, yeah. it's kind of on you. You <laughs> sort of need to be an expert <laughs> in this content. Yeah. yeah. I feel you, um, but so is the, is that kind of a challenge for you? Since you're already so tapped in with those Chicago shit, when you come to LA and you want to find some people to interview, is it a little bit more of a challenge, like listening to these artists and figuring out who actually makes sense for you to talk to? Yeah, out here for sure, because mm. I'm still adjusting to the sound of music. It's so different. Like, true, a lot of shit that people think hard, I don't really even like. So I don't even know who to work with. Like, I don't know who hard out here because. A lot of music they like, it, it ain't my style. Like, mm. it's, it's just hard for me. Like, well, because I moved from New York to here, and it definitely took me a couple of years before I really started to, like, fuck with the local, like, you know, scene and shit, just because the music in New York is so different. And I come out here, and this is, like, when YG was blowing up. And I didn't, I didn't think, like, oh, like, I don't like this. But it, it, the sound of it didn't really appeal to me like that because I wasn't fully tapped in with, like, the L.A. lifestyle and everything, you know? Yeah. Like, the only group I really even know about out here, for real, for real, that I was probably going to work with, like, Baby Stone Gorillas or something. Mm, they're hard. Yeah. They've been going crazy. So. Definitely. Um, what are, you, like, your uh, – oh, so that, that spot that you got, how is that having a spot that you can – do you just pull up there to work every day and then also film your shit there, or what's the mentality? You know, I don't be there every day. Okay. But, like, uh, it's really like a production studio, so mm. – People could come there, film music videos. You got a podcast or something, you can film that there. We got a lot of props, fire machines, just for like production. But me and a couple friends got it. Like, uh, you know, FBG Duck, Cameraman Billy. That's, mm. that's my homie. He one of the co-owners with me. It's a couple of us, it's like six of us or seven. But like, uh, I just thought like, I might as well do my interviews here. Cause I was sneaking and doing interviews in a building that I didn't even own for like two years or a year and a half. <laughs> like an abandoned building? No, nah, it's it's called Lacuna uh, Los. Okay. It's like a, uh, it's a creative space. They got a lot of different things going on there. Some music studios, but I was doing it in a bathroom, a, a women's bathroom. And in a women's bathroom, they had an area that looked like a makeup room or something with chairs and mirrors and, and like a counter, so I'm like, damn, this is perfect for interviews, the lights, all that shit. Right. So I just started taking people to women's bathroom, and it's low key, because. <laughs> but did you ever have any of the artists be like, oh, this is some weird ass shit, why am I in the ladies room? <laughs> yeah, especially when I'm doing an interview with the girls. Oh man. They say, say what you got me walking in, man. <laughs> 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 Holy fuck. But once I got the password to the uh, door, I started doing it, and the owner of the building knew I was doing it. I didn't know he knew I was doing it, though. And one day I was doing an interview with one of my friends, and somebody walked up, and I just knew, like, I think he, he I thought the mic went out. No. I knew uh, he was somebody, the way he was looking, but he was patient. He stood there and waited till the interview ended, then he walked up, and he was like, yeah, I've been seeing your interviews, and I like what you're doing. He's like, normally we charge people to use the building, but I see you're building something, you could do it, just don't bring no negative energy here, and, uh, you know, promote the building. Right. And, I never promoted the building. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you gonna say? Gonna shout reason, out this, and you're letting everybody know where you be at. Yeah, like it's not safe. Yeah, like Chicago crazy. I'm working with the craziest hoods. And right, can't do that. So I just told him like, yeah, I got you, and then I never seen him again. Wow. And one day, I think like probably like a year later, I was doing an interview with uh, Stunt Taylor, and security came in the bathroom, 
and asked me to leave. Mm. And I was like, uh, call, the, call the owner or whatever. You know, he told me it was cool. And she called him. He didn't say it was cool. <laughs> he can't admit that he said that. Yeah. Huh? So that's, we had got a spotlight soon after that. Wow. That's crazy. So, I mean, when you see something come out, like one of the craziest things I've seen in recent memory was just, a, rest in peace to Duck, when that shit came out, I couldn't believe that I, I saw all this shit about him getting killed in such a public area and shit, such an affluent area. And then when the charges come out and I see how much documentation the cops have about how that allegedly went down, I mean, that's just one of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Like, they got fucking footage of everything. They got text messages of everything. I, I mean, how did you feel when you saw that information come out and how much can you even say about that? Only thing I really thought was that just showed me that they don't care about solving murders for real. Because mm. that mean they could do that all the time. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Like, this, this seems like you could do this about almost every murder if you really wanted to look at fucking 500 different cameras all over the city. Yeah. Or they had crazy <laughs> access to all this shit. Like, if, if what they saying is true and they get all that shit and that happened like how they say it happened. Yeah, I think it's crazy because that means people shouldn't get away. Because as I'm driving on the expressway, I see cameras even on the expressway and plate readers and shit. So it's like, how are people getting away with everything else they're doing? Yeah. But then you have a high-profile rapper who gets killed in an affluent area, and all of a sudden they're going to do every single thing they could possibly do to figure it out. Yeah, I think they're just trying to make an example out of people. Definitely. I mean, that shit was fucking egregious. If it went so. down the way that they said it went down, it's like... You got to make fuck? examples for shit like that, though, because yeah. then people start doing that in those areas and making people feel uncomfortable. Mm. Like, that'll fuck up the money. Like, if downtown become a spot that's not safe no more, then Chicago really going to go to shit. People are already scared to come to Chicago. Mm. But, like, downtown's supposed to be the safe spot. If y'all fuck up that, the city going downhill. Right. You fuck with Lori Lightfoot? I don't have an issue with her, but I don't. I ain't gonna lie, I don't really be paying attention to shit. I remember when I asked Ruga that, he goes, that, that's what happens when you elect a stud. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe he said See, that. I, I ain't gonna lie, I don't, I don't play with politicians and police right. and shit because I don't want no smoke. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I think, don't the police work for the mayor or something? Yeah, I mean, I, essentially, I think, they don't, yeah. I think they don't like her, though. I think they was turned up, they back on her or some shit. Because she was on the defund the police shit, right? Yeah. That's the last thing they need to do in Chicago. Yeah, I don't understand some of the shit she say, but I don't got no issue with her. I want to down an interview or some shit. Oh, my God. Get to understand. That would be crazy. Yeah. What do you think about, like, i seen in New York, the mayor is actually saying that they need to basically ban drill music. And, I mean, you see How can she, you do that, though? I don't or know. They, they want to take down some of the videos because the New York drill scene is crazy as fuck, like, really documenting these beefs that all end in murders and shit. It's OD. So, I mean... When I seen the mayor say that, I'm like, number one, this is a stupid fucking fight because realistically, like, you go up against rap music, rap music seems like it's going to win in the long run. But at the same time, how long can a city really let these rappers make these videos about each other without at some point stepping in? I mean, I, I do feel like music is plays a, a part in the shit, but it's like once the shit started, it started. Mm. Like, once blood gets shit, it's like they're going to keep going back and forth. Right. Like, even without the songs, the songs, I, I believe the songs amplified for sure, though, because I just see how Chicago was and I look at how it is now. And a lot of rappers don't want to say it. They be like, no, nah, it ain't the music. But like, you just got to really look at this shit. It's worse. Like, yeah. It's just getting worse and worse. And the songs getting worse. Then New York, when a drill hit New York, I'm starting to see like, well, I can't speak on New York because I never lived that. But on the outside looking in, that shit look like it got worse mm. with the music. Yeah. I feel like 
music play a role and a lot of shit is more you know influential than people think right it's crazy because like i was watching you interview billionaire black who i also interviewed good guy and he was you know it, it's weird how he moved out of chicago which it seems like such an obvious decision that if like you're doing all right for yourself you might want to move out of an area where like damn near everybody you know has gotten killed and realistically you know there's people that want to kill you and he moves to arizona and he's probably happy and living a chill life out there but somehow like with the street shit chicago and stuff that's seen as like somehow him like kind of copping out and like not wanted to like be in the middle of all that right yeah, I don't think it's copping out though. I think he's just tired of this shit. Every everybody really tired of. It. That's why I don't understand it. the people that still be like making the shit worse and promoting it. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like being that black, he been around long enough to to have seen the how bad the shit getting. Lost enough friends to know the shit pointless and it's a fucked up ass cycle that never end. Yeah, like, I don't understand the people who like actually be for that shit and want the shit. Like, this should be like a survival thing, not. No, you just want to go kill people all day. Right. It's just stupid Because if you make it to, like, you know, 30 or even close to 30, I mean, that shit has to seem a lot less cool than it seemed when you were 15. It's yeah. easy to understand how a 15-year-old gets seduced into this gang lifestyle and wants to catch bodies and shit. But by the time you become a grown man, it's like th that shit has to wear off at yeah. a certain point, right? It'd just be, it'd be too late at that point. Mm. Like, when you're a kid, you it's like... You kind of know what come with this shit, but you don't really know for real. Mm. So it's just be fun to people. Yeah. Then once you find out it's too late, what you gonna do? Like, even if you play, oh, I don't wanna do this no more. Mm. The people that see you, they not gonna care about that shit. Right. So it's like, you be stuck. Definitely. So, so that's why I guess people just be like, fuck it. This is what I signed up for and just live that life till they die. Right. Yeah, it's crazy out here. Um, So do you, see any like positive developments for how shit is going with the young people in Chicago being that you're like right there or do you feel like shit is just as bad as it's ever gone? I think shit worse. I mm -hmm. looked at, they said a, a murder uh, rate was the worst in like 20 or 25 years or some shit this yeah. last year. So it looked like it's worse and then all these crazy ass guns, they getting out the switches and shit like that shit is scary. Mm. Like knowing somebody could have 50 bullets and let all them bitches off in a few seconds. Right. Like, that shit's scary as fuck. What's the sketchiest situation you ever found yourself in when you were off filming some shit? Because uh, I seen some of your titles that were like, shots go off during the interview, and I, I almost clicked it, but I had to go to bed, and I'm like, I know it was just some <laughs> shots in the distance, because otherwise it would have been like the yeah. craziest shit ever. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. It, was it was definitely some shots in the distance. It wasn't too far, though, but mm. we knew they weren't shooting at us. Right. We was always... In the whole another part of the city somewhere, but uh, it was an interview. I don't even want to say his name because I don't really fuck with him like that. But it was an interview with a guy, and he had me come in a bando, and I didn't know it was a bando because upstairs it was people upstairs, and I'm thinking we're gonna do it upstairs. Upstairs, everything cool. When we go downstairs, there's no lights, and I just see him pull out a gun, and I don't know him like that, so I'm looking like bring me to a room, no lights. Why are you pulling out a gun? And then he's looking left and right. I don't even got my gun on me, so I'm really kind of nervous, like, what the fuck gonna go on? But then I see, like, he just trying to make sure the space clear before we film. Uh -huh. I never dropped the interview. We ended up redoing it. Really? But that was, like, a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, what did I get myself into? Yeah, for a few seconds. <laughs> but other than that, like, the worst shit really was the video shoots. Interviews, mm -hmm. I kind of 
once I got tired of shit like that, I started controlling the environment and start controlling how things gonna go. Right. Even when I didn't have a space, I still control like we're doing it here at this time. Hmm. Do you do you feel like you get the appropriate amount of love? Because when you really think about it, you being somebody from the city who's really building something and like really being from the community and stuff, it is kind of unique. And it, you know, do you feel like the people show you the the respect that you deserve at this point? Yeah, I know. I feel like. You know, like, if you be so focused on who not fuck with you, you forget who fucking with you. Mm. And majority of the city fuck with me. Like, it might be like 5% that's not a something, but that 5% be like, damn, what y'all don't see me or something? Right. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, I, I get way more love than I ever expected to get. Like, it's when I'm outside, people recognize me and shit, and it be love. Yeah. Like, being a, just at a gas station, I'm fuck, oh yeah, you interview somebody from this hood, I, I fuck with it. It'd be love everywhere. Yeah, that's a great feeling, right? Yeah. Because it's like you're around real people. It's like yeah. real salt-of-the-earth-ass people who just are the regular people at the gas station. And the fact that they're at home watching your shit on YouTube, every time somebody comes up to me saying that shit, even as much <laughs> as I get used to it, it also still blows my fucking mind. You know what I love when that shit happens? What? And I'll be out with like a girl or something. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> ask me for Cloud a picture or something. I'm like, hell yeah. Good looking. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know who that is? Uh, I still fuck with my girl. Like if a, if a fan comes up to me saying some crazy shit, like, oh my God, you're, a, you're the best. You're a God. You influenced me so much. As soon as they leave, I'll, I'll, I'll go to my girl. I'll be like, you remember that. You remember that right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I low-key like that shit because I ain't in that type of person. Like mm. if you meet me. You ask me who I am, what I do, I just be like, I just do interviews. You don't want to be flashy, but when other people do it for yeah, you, it's, it's like, well, hey, you, you're yeah. doing it on me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, all right, so what do, what do you see as like the next steps that you want to take in terms of bringing your brand to the next level? What do the fans got to look forward to? Uh, I'm re well, well, what I'm really trying to do, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to build a, a, a team. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what all I need. Cause like, I got an editor. And that's really the biggest thing for me so far, because it, it gave me way more free time. But like, you used to be up till four in the morning editing every day. Yeah. Now I got a lot of free time, and I use that time to figure out like who I'm gonna work with, what I'm gonna do. But like, that's really what I'm trying to do now: just build a team in different cities, mm. to the point where I could just work from home. Like, I just got a mic. He got the camera. He got this, and I just. So I could do an interview in Chicago, then one in New York, mm -hmm. then one in Atlanta, all in one day. Because that's what Vlad does. Vlad yeah. isn't even there for half his interviews. He's just doing it over FaceTime, and you would never fucking... The only reason you would know is because they talk over each other a little bit more, and it'll be, like, kind of awkward at times. But for the most part, he just... If there's a rapper popping off in Memphis, he got a cameraman in Memphis, he got a studio, boom, sends, sends them, they link up, they do it. Like, I'm always just in awe of the machine that he built that lets him create content on a, on a ridiculous level. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to uh, branch off to like the game and shit too. Oh, nice. But I kind of lost the love for this shit. Like as a kid, I used to be then addicted to video games, like playing yeah. it 17 to 20 hours sometime in a day. Mm. But now, I don't know, I got, it's really when I lost my virginity. <laughs> Once I did that, I wasn't really playing the game like that no more. Like, yeah. it slowed down. I, when I was a kid, when I was like eight years old, up until the point that I was about 16, I was so obsessed with video games all those years. And then I kind of like, once I really started like going outside and being around people and like, you know, just being around girls and shit, 
I was just kind of like, eh, this is this ain't like cool <laughs> yeah. to me anymore. And then when I look at it now, I'm like, wow, video games are like so cool. That was a bad calculation on my part. If I had stayed <laughs> in tune with the video game culture, it probably would have been a very good Especially thing for me. Especially now because it's money. Like, it's huge now. If, yeah. if, if, I, if I was like the gamer I was now, then I'd be rich as fuck because I'd be doing I'd be love, what I love all day. You'd be KSI in Chicago. Now I'm weak as fuck, like playing Call of Duty <laughs> online. Yeah. Them little kids be fucking me up. And I used to be that little kid. Yeah. That no, I, I was good as fucking video games. And now when I try to play Fortnite or whatever, I feel like it's not even, I'm not in the same with universe shit. with these controls. Yeah. It's too fast paced for me. They building shot. The building's crazy. That's, that's, yeah, I can't even think about that. I'd be confused playing that. <laughs> but once I get back to it, yeah, I'm going to start streaming it. I really want to do that that GTA uh, role play shit. Oh yeah, you like that shit? I never played. I just seen it. Cause yeah. I, I don't want to. So with me not playing a game, I don't want to just buy a gaming PC just for that. Right. And then fuck around, not even play. Yeah. And also like streaming games. Like I, I when Red Dead Redemption came out, I tried to stream it. And I just kind of realized, like, fuck, like, I'm learning to play this game, and I got 500 people sitting here watching me, and it's fucking awkward because I haven't played a game with controls like this in so long. It just really kind of, like, ruined the enjoyment aspect of it. And yeah, what, what I'm scared it. of is when they put that new Zelda out because I fucking love Zelda, and I know I'm going to end up playing that shit so much. I ain't played that since, what was it, like, Nintendo 64 or something? Yeah, but that Breath of the Wild that they had for uh, for Switch was, like, unbelievable. Like, one of the best games I ever played, and they're, they're going to put the sequel out. And I, 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 I kind of stopped playing games by the time Switch came out. Yeah. Right? I never even touched a Nintendo Switch. I did for the most part, but then that one just got me. Is it like the Wii? Uh, nah. It was just, like, a regular role-playing game with, like, a really good story and, like, crazy. The graphics are incredible and stuff. I don't know. Do people really want to hear me talk about this? No. <laughs> um, all right, man. I'm a big fan of the channel. You're For killing sure. it. Very proud to see, like, the new generation of interviewers coming out and just making moves and stuff. So, I mean, congrats on all the success you've had. For real. Appreciate it. I'm a big fan of you, too. Appreciate you, man. And everybody watching this, if you haven't figured it out yet, go type 16 shot and visuals into YouTube and but, Smack uh, that subscribe. Yeah, follow me on the gram too at 16 Shadow Visuals with a Z. Mm. Uh, what else? It's cool. I plug my merch. Of course. Oh, uh, yeah. I got some merch. It just dropped like two days ago. Just look in the description of all my videos. It's going to be there. Respect for rocking the off-white and not wearing your own merch on that's the podcast. That's what I would have prepared. <laughs> I would have did that. Because I, I told you about this interview yesterday. Yeah. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> that's a good point. For sure. But, all right. Well, hey, much respect, man. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, everybody go subscribe to his channel. 16 shot him. No jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, iTunes, all that shit. Like, comment, and subscribe. TikTok, Instagram, nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate y'all. I appreciate you again, too. Yeah, thank you, Doug. That was real.